Vision 7 Radio Network welcomes Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, heard every Monday at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Time, using nearly 200 years of abundant and consistent afterlife evidence, quantum physics, consciousness research, and ancient writings, we seek to understand who and what we are, how reality works, the nature of God, and the meaning and purpose of our lives. Join Roberta weekly to better understand our one reality and gain insights into how we can make the most of the glorious eternal beings that we are. Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. Oh, my dear friends, Seek Reality is now more than a decade old and that by itself is pretty amazing. We started out mostly talking about the afterlife and the fact that our lives really are eternal, but... Reality is a pretty big topic, and if you've been sharing very much of this voyage with us, I think you know that we've been doing a lot of it with Jesus, including my channeling the book Liberating Jesus in 2015, and my unexpectedly actually meeting Jesus in the astral plane in April of 2022, and being asked by him to create his own religion-free website, which is teachingsbyjesus.com, now up and running. I didn't ask for any of that, frankly, and I found it to be a little overwhelming, um, a lot overwhelming, but you don't say no to God. So (sighs) of late also, he's been leading interesting people whose lives also seem to be touched by him in various ways, leading them to, to contact me. And as I meet them, I invite them to come and share with others the work that they've been doing because... All right, here's the problem with that all of us face who love Jesus and who want to be of help to him in whatever way we can, and this is a serious problem. The religion that bears the name of Jesus actually is Roman Christianity. It was begun by the Roman Emperor Constantine in about the year 313 CE, and its dogmas use Jesus' name, but they don't emphasize his teachings at all. That's why Jesus wants us to give him his own website. And Constantine's Roman Christianity is pretty dated now. And that's how most people feel about it, which is why it's dying. And frankly, (laughs) as most of us can see, it really is dated. We don't want that to be true, but it is true. But Jesus is not dated. And Jesus' teachings are eternal. So those of us who love Jesus are giving him all the help we can. So He can do whatever he wants to do now. And our guest today is yet another sincere seeker. He may not even, I think he probably doesn't even realize what a seeker he is. Jonathan England is a transformational leader and community builder. His achievements include building a multi-million dollar real estate business. Doesn't sound like a seeker, does he? And he's becoming a best-selling author as well. He's invested more than half a million dollars money again. You don't think about Jesus, do you, when you think about money? But wait till you hear who he really is. 
into personal development. He's invested all that money in that. He's created the Awakened Life live event with tens of thousands of people who have attended it. This is a man who is very successful in the real world, but he's even much more successful in the spiritual world. Jonathan's book, which is inspired by the teachings of Jesus, is If I Die Before I Wake, The Five-Step Roadmap to Enlightenment, Prosperity, and Your Life's Purpose. He's doing something wonderful. He is blending what Jesus taught with the needs of the 21st century, and he tells us that his path laid out in the book will lead us to achieve the five levels of consciousness. And I'm telling you, indeed, it will. This is astonishing to me. Jonathan, welcome. It's lovely, perfectly lovely to have you with us today. Wow. Thank you for having me on. That was a beautiful introduction. That was just a beautiful share. I just felt your heart and where you are and where we are as a collective. So thanks for thanks for all you do and all you are in this world. And it's an honor and privilege to be here. I have to tell you, yours is only the second book that I have ever recommended without reservation. Wow. TJ Woodward is the first person whose book I have totally recommended. I, he, he has several conscious that is the first words, uh, the first uh, title, part of the title of each of his books. And I think it was Conscious Being was the first one I recommended. And yours is only the second. Now, why did you call it? I don't remember reading why you called it If I Die Before I Wake. Yeah, so the phrase came out, and it was like, that's it. It's, it's if I die before I wake, because it's not talking about, obviously, if I die while I'm sleeping tonight. It's like you wake up in the morning, but then there's another awakening that happens. So what happens if you don't wake up Wake up before you, you die? And uh, it came through, because it, it, my journey, my journey's in the, in the book. That's what the book is, the five levels of consciousness. That's a, It's a roadmap, but there's three parts to the book, which is the path, the, the roadmap, what the five levels are. The proof, which is my journey through the the five levels, so it's my story, and then the third part is the process, which are the the tools, the the kind of like the you know the best way. To, there's only two one way to learn is through failure, but the caveat is it doesn't have to be your failure. You can learn through someone else's. So you really get to learn what not to do, and here's you know what works in that that third part. But should I go there right now? Usually, I kind of get warmed up to something, but. There's something that's coming up right now that is a, a perfect answer for your question of why that book is called If I Die Before I Wake. You, it's it's deep. You ready to go there? Go ahead. Plunge in. Okay, let's dive. Let's dive in. It's deep, and it it, it, it could possibly get emotional. Um, also, I talk about it in the book. It says right in the beginning, it says If I Die Before I Wake, but then that says it, it brings up another question. You know, what happens? You know, if I if I don't die and what if i don't wake up because that's another reality that's this there's a there's paths that are happening right now all you know all kinds of different paths but um you know as jesus said that's in dying that we're born to eternal life so it's the secret is to die before you die so that's what i mean by waking up it's letting who you're not die so there's a resurrection that occurs like who you truly are so we've been indoctrinated domesticated to perceive ourselves to be something that we're not a a separate self that has to protect itself and has to achieve and has to do all these things to, to earn love and to be good enough. And, uh, but that's not us. That's who we're not. And that thing is never going to be enough because we always try to make it be enough for other people, but that thing's never going to be enough because it doesn't even exist. So that thing has to die. And so who you truly are can, can be born. Um, how this journey began, uh, I was, 
it, this is where I was going to go. This is the deep part. So uh, it's the deep part, All right, plunge. Go ahead. Yeah. How it began I, when I was a, a young boy, I had an older brother, and this is in my book. He had muscular dystrophy, which is a terminal disease. So I, my first memory was I was probably like three years old. I jumped out of bed and it was at night and I was just I was just like freaking out because I had this experience of dying and I was just terrified. And I went into my parents' room and I'm like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And I'm like just freaking out about d- that I'm dying. I don't want to die. And um, it wasn't until later on in life that I realized why that happened why I had such an intense experience of it. And the reason being is because my parents were preparing for my brother's death because they knew he was going to die. And it's like parents knowing their child is going to die. It's very difficult to deal with. And so they had prepared me as well. They were, they were preparing themselves, but they started preparing me for my brother dying, which the way that they're preparing is this is the worst thing that could ever possibly happen to a family. And And it's going to happen. So now I'm like, well, uh, my brother's going to die. And that's the worst thing that could ever possibly happen. So now I've got this whole paradigm that I'm living inside of. And then at 12 years old, uh, my brother was 16. Um, it was it was time. And we knew the hospice nurses were there. And um, my mom sent me into his room, me and, me and him. His name's Matthew. And we were going to stay up really late that that night because we knew this was it. When he goes to sleep, he's not going to wake up. That's going to be his last. This is his last night on Earth. And so me and him were we got we had several movies and we're just going to keep watching as as long as we can to postpone the 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 moment. And and but before I walked in there, my mom told me to tell Matthew that it's okay to die because he's suffering and he's only holding on for us. And now, so I went in there and it was just me and him the whole night. And, um, I remember like we, we watched several movies, but the final one we watched was called a nightmare before Christmas. Now this was, this was two days after Christmas. So it was almost a perfect ironic fit. It's cause this was a, for me, it was a nightmare after Christmas, two days after Christmas, um, to watch the movie after the movie was over, I knew it was time. And I looked over at Matthew and I said, Hey, Matthew, it's, it's okay to die. You, you can die. You're, you're holding on for us, but we're, we're going to be okay. Now, when I said that, I, I did everything that I could. Like I, I had to disconnect from my feelings in order to say that because it wasn't okay inside of myself. So I, I, it's like a fragmented and it, like I, but I, I had to say it because I was still trying to be the hero. I'm trying to save my family from their feelings and all this stuff. And, and so I, I said it, but um, then afterwards he looked back at me and he said a phrase, I'm not going to tell you what he said just yet. Cause there's a difference between wanting something and being ready to receive it. And so his last words, I heard the words, but I had no clue what he was saying. I had no clue what he meant when he said these words, it's very clear now. I'm like, Oh, of course. And it's, and it's tied to this. If I die before I wake. Um, and so he says his last words and, um, he takes his last breath and it just, uh, it just breathes out and I'm holding his hand and he's holding my hand, but then he lets go, but I don't let go. And I watch his body turn blue. And, and it's like, that was the day that 
I started on my journey into hell, into suffering, into the darkness, into the depths. And uh, because there's a few decisions that I made in that moment, wasn't conscious decisions, but looking back, I can see what I decided. I decided one that life is meaningless. How could there be any meaning to life if my brother was stuck in a wheelchair for most of his and dies at 16 years old? Can't be any meaning. Um, there is no God because how could there be a God? If there's a God, then there's either something wrong with either God hates my family. So there's something wrong with my family or there's something wrong with God because why would he do this to people, good people like us? Um, so I was certain there's no God. And the third thing is that uh, I had failed love because subconsciously I kind of felt like, because my parents got divorced when I was five, but I felt like maybe I, if I could just save my brother, I could save my family. Yeah. Oh, what a terrible burden for a child. That yeah. you were still a child. Yeah. And so that, like, before that moment, I'd never made a B. I was just really great, good kid in every way. And then after oh. this, it was Fs and Ds, and I just spiraled and out of control and just went to just pure darkness. And I became wound up becoming a broke, ignorant, blackout, drunk, atheist beach bum. And that was my journey for the next 20 years. So... I'm going to, we're going to go, let's go full circle. And we're going to, we're going to end with my brother's last words because you're, you're going to be ready to know what he, what he said. Wow. All right. Let's get positive about your book. I want people, by the way, the price is right on, on Jonathan's book. It's free. All you need to do is to tell people the link where they can just go get the book for free. You can just go to find your purpose book.com. Free. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 and, and I think everyone should read this book without reservation, um, because it is sort of a shortcut to following the teachings of Jesus. I, it's, I can't recommend it highly enough. And this is only the second book that I have ever said that about in, in 10 years. So, well, um, let's go to it then. Let's get right into it. You want to start with, uh, tell them what the five levels are. Yes, do that. Because okay. um, I, I want to tell you, I, I sort of, when I started reading the book, I thought, you know, something, I'm probably going to flunk this. And I went through those five levels and realized that I had hit number five. But the only way I hit it was when I gave my life to God. Yeah. That's how I got to number five. I could see, I could tell it when you were talking earlier. Uh, I'm like, oh wow, she's level five. It's, it's, and it's not, you don't use these to judge people, but it's just, it's a discernment. The truth is we're all in level five all the time. Yeah, right. But, but you shed number four by giving your life to God. That's how you get to number five. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm telling you, I aced it, but the only way I aced it was I had to give up. That's the only way. I had to give myself up at the end. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. You're there all along. You just didn't know it. Yeah, you, that's it. That's it. That's what you, when you wake up, you're like, oh, it's like, so how the story ends for all of humanity. Well, we all wake up at home in heaven realizing that we'd never even left. We've been there the whole time, just like Dorothy at the end of Wizard of Oz. I just loved your book. I got to tell you, because maybe it was because I finally, you know, I, I just, I loved it. I want you to take over. I promised you that you would be the one who got to lead this. And here I am. I was so excited about your book. I'm trying to be the one who, who leads it. Go ahead, sweetie. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know you. It's great. I love it. Um, so I'll just run through the, the five levels. Uh, 
relatively quickly. So le- level one, and now all of humanity, like individually, everyone goes through these levels and, and collectively humanity is going through these levels. Collectively, humanity is in level two. We're moving into level three. That's why all the, everything's happening in the world today, the upheaval. And so, um, but in the past, most, most individuals never make it beyond level one. Most of humanity is currently in level one, but the, but the collective consciousness is in level two because you know, there's a handful of people that are like really driven that are kind of controlling the whole world. So everybody's kind of, you know, puppets on the strings of the, the ones that are driving the world, which are in level two. So let me just share with you the levels. Number one is called disoriented. Uh, it's called that because you have no orientation. You don't know where you're going. You're like a, a pinball getting bounced around. You're like, I'm doing the best that I can, but I got dealt a crappy hand. And so it's the victim mentality and feeling of powerlessness. And the, the wild thing about humans, us, we were created to create in the likeness and image of God. So we've got the full power of God, but we've turned it against ourselves. We're so powerful that if we believe we're not, we're not. And so that's what level one is, is, is the feeling of powerlessness, using our entire creator power to make ourselves feel powerless. Um, level two, you start to wake up. It's called goal oriented. So this is where you start to, you know, say, what well, it's, if it's not, it's not my boss's fault that I don't have enough money. It's not my, you know, it's all my circumstances are I'm responsible for. And so I'm going to start setting goals. And I'm going to start to change myself. Nothing, you know, if I want it to change, I've got to change. So I'm going to start new, learning new strategies, new tactics. I'm going to develop myself so that I can achieve these goals. Now we think that the goals are going to give us something in level two. So we start working on ourselves to achieve the goals because of what we think the goals are going to give us. Um, but if you keep going down that road, you're going to realize there's nothing there. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care, you know, how big your house is. I don't ha- care how beautiful your spouse is. None of that matters once you get it all. You're like, oh, it's nothing. So um, that was what brings you into the, into level three. Well, there's only there's two ways in either a consistent spaced repetition where you you start cleaning up the weeds in your garden and, and planting the new seeds like over time. Or the just cosmic two by four comes and wipes your life out from underneath you. And you just have to start from scratch. And hopefully you'll get the lesson that that was the wrong, that not the wrong path. It was the path that you were supposed to be on for that point in time. Um, but now there's a new path. Don't try to rebuild what you just did. Let something else come out of you. And so level three is called journey oriented. Level one, you live in the past, which creates depression. Level two, you live in the future, which creates anxiety. Level three, you move into the present moment, which reveals the peace that's always been present. So you you get to receive the 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 present of the present. It's a gift. Every moment is a gift. But uh, we assign meanings to moments that keep us disconnected from 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 reality, from what is. And the only thing that is is love. But our meanings, we're meaning making machines, and those meanings that we assign to the moments are what detach us from receiving the unconditional love the abundance that's being handed on a silver platter to us, but it appears without though it is within, we can't see how beautiful the world is around us when we don't think we deserve it. When we don't think we're worthy of it, when we think there's something missing on the inside. And so level three is when you find everything that you're looking for, but you realize that it it was within you the whole time. And so it's called journey oriented because you, you know, you realize you're not, you don't go to a movie just to watch the final scene you go to enjoy the entire journey. Just you're not you're not listening right now just so you can hear what my brother's first word or last words were. 
that we're going to get there at the end of this, but that's not why you're here. You're here. There's going to be a journey to prepare you to receive those words, just like the Wizard of Oz. Dorothy it, it was going through the yellow brick road all the way to get to the wizard, and then she gets to the wizard, and turns out it's a he's a fraud. He's is he doesn't have anything. But the good witch comes in and says, "Dorothy, it's your shoes." And she's like, "My shoes? I remember when she got the shoes." At the very first scene, as soon as she got into Oz, she had the shoes. And she's like, what? I've had these the whole time. And the good witch is like, yes, you've always had the power, my dear. You just had to learn it for yourself. So you really start to be present to enjoy the the journey. Every moment is a gift from God, even the moments that you don't like, especially the moments that you don't like. Those are the ones that are going to reveal what the, the moments that you don't like reveal the, ask, the, 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 the judgments that you placed upon yourself that keep you living inside of a world of conditional love where you're putting conditions upon when these conditions happen, I'm going to allow myself to feel worthy of love, feel loved and lovable. But uh, unless those conditions are met, I won't let that happen. Level three, you remove the conditions and you step into formless love. There's no form to it. You you like merge with everything for all of eternity. And so I'm going to pause right there because that was a lot to take in right there. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's just beautiful. So the collective right now, humanity is moving into level three. But remember, I said there's only two ways in consistent spaced repetition where you're doing it by choice or uh, the cosmic two by four. Have you ever noticed in life when it's time to get a lesson, it starts as a little feather stroke. And then if you don't get the feather stroke, then here comes the nudge. You're like, you're still, now I'm, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And here comes the shove. And like, leave me alone. I'm trying to busy. And then the two by four. Right. So right. sometimes you need that two by four. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I was a stubborn dude. It took me multiple cosmic two by fours to get certain lessons. <laughs> Anybody else like that? So, uh, yeah, the, uh, but that happens individually, but that also happens collectively. That's what's happening for humanity right now. Right. Feather strokes, nudges, shoves. Okay. Here comes right. the two by four. And it's just, it just sit down because we, we've been indoctrinated, domesticated to believe that we, who we are is worthless. But if we can just, do things right. That's what gives us value. Like our educational system says the answers are more important than the question. If you can regurgitate the answer the way that you're told, then you get an A. That means you're valuable. But if you can't, if you ask a question, whoa, whoa, what's wrong with you? You're not supposed to be questioning things. You're just supposed to regurgitate the answers. And so we learn that we have no value, that what we do, as long as what we do is the way we're told, that's what has value. So we get left out and we become human doings rather than human beings thinking that we're loved for what we do rather than who we are. And I know what that feels like. Anybody else out there knows what it feels like to think that you're loved for what you do rather than who you are. And like, no matter what you do, it's never enough. Yeah. And so that's, that's what we're programmed to believe. And we're on this hamster wheel. And so what's happening for humanity right now is it's like, well, it, you know, it happened with the, the whole lockdown, the pandemic and everything, which that's all going to come back around again because we didn't get the message yet. We didn't get the lesson yet. We we jumped back on the hamster wheel. And so it's going to stop again. The whole thing comes to a halt so we can return to human being. So the awakening is when you realize you're not a spiritual being having or not a human being having a spiritual experience. You're the spiritual being having a human experience. That's what it means to wake up. This yeah. is you know, this isn't the so seek reality like this isn't the reality like the the unseen is moving the scene the unseen is the reality and as you know right. yeshua says in a course of miracles nothing real can be threatened nothing unreal exists 
herein lies the peace of God. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So at level three, it's like you let go of what you're not. You let go of all the illusions, it, but it, it's like you let go of it and it let, lets go of you because there's, uh, it'll be done with, with you when you're done with it. A lot of people, the, the things keep happening, like, I wish this would stop. Well, it'll be done with you when you're done with it. I'm done with it. Well, doesn't look like it. Well, what do you mean? Look how angry I am. Well, that shows me that you're not done with it because resistance, <laughs> resistance that you fight against, you create. How you know when you're done with it is when you love it. And then you, when you can love it, love whatever the conditions are, because the, that was a circumstance that was set in motion for you to learn what love is. And the only way to learn what love is, is for the conditions that you had placed upon love to be removed from your reality. So now you've actually got to find what true love is, which is unconditional because conditional love is not love. It's, it's anti-love. It's the exact opposite of love. So when the conditions are removed, you're like, these things have to happen before I feel love. Well, those things are going to be removed from you. So you have to just sit there in your discomfort and find the love that's in you because that's the only place you're going to find it. Once you find it within, then you'll see it without, but it doesn't go the other way around. Right. Yeah. So beautiful. <laughs> when you really get going, you really do get going. I love <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. It, it, it really it starts coming out of me. Then that's the level five. So actually, let's go ahead and move move on over to there. So level three, you find everything that you've been looking for. But where do you find it? In you. You had it the whole time in this present moment. The present to this present moment. It's all here now. There is only now here. And so uh level four, it's like because you just you just woke up in level three. And then what starts to happen is you start looking around and you see all your friends and your family and loved ones like still asleep, still still sitting inside of a cage that you just got out of. Now, you realize it's a self-imposed prison and the handle's on the inside, but they still can't see that yet. So, you know, you can't see the picture when you're inside of it. And so in level four, you start to become grace in the life of others, where which is grace is like something you can't earn. So it's, 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 it's a love that you you didn't earn, which that's the only way home, because the more you try to earn it, the more good you do, the more... The, the more you're creating the illusion of bad and you just got to allow yourself to receive it unconditionally. And that's what grace is. It's like, here you go. You, you didn't, you, there's nothing you can do to get this. There's nothing you can do to get rid of this. And you just need to be, just be you and who you are deserves love. Who you're not is never going to, never going to be good enough for it. And that's what you keep driving is who you're not. So let that go. Just be, and here you go. So, in level four, we become like angels on earth. We become the like delivering unconditional love to the people who are still sitting inside of the cage, like rattling it, trying to figure out what they got to do. So somebody's going to love them. And we just show them unconditional love. Yeah. Uh, so it's called value oriented. So level one was disoriented. Level two is goal oriented. Level three is journey oriented. Level four is value oriented because now You've got everything that you've been looking for, but but it starts to overflow out of you. You're like, wow, I've got more than enough. I've got an infinite amount. It's like it's there's a well that never runs dry coming out of me. And it's in giving that we receive, and you really get that in level four. Like you I can just keep giving this all day, all the rest of my life. Here you go. I'm giving love. I'm giving its abundance, this joy. It is just pouring out of me. And the more it pours out, the more you receive it, and the more it starts to show up into your world because you're sowing the seeds of the kingdom. So seek first the kingdom. And the kingdom of God is where it's within you. So seek first the kingdom, all else will be added to you. So you don't do things for the kingdom. You don't do things for your worthiness. You do things from the kingdom, from your worthiness. I am worthy. I'm in the kingdom already. And now that I'm in the kingdom, here's what I'm going to do. And you just deliver the love and the joy and 
and the peace of the kingdom. And it starts to manifest in the physical because you're sowing the seeds of it in this world. Cause that's what we're here for. That's our purpose. Everyone we're here to establish God's kingdom here on earth to bring heaven to earth. That's, that's what we were created for. And so we're conduits for, for love, for the kingdom here, here for heaven and earth to, to come together for eternity and time to, ha- you know, an experience to, to happen in time. Um, so level four, that really starts to happen. And they're like, well, that, that's gotta be the end of the road. Then how could it get any better than that? And well, how it gets. So many times people will say to me, Oh, they want to do something. You know, they, 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 they want to do what I'm doing. Basically. So many people have said that to me. And I say, well, give your life to God. Yeah. And so many people are afraid to do that. They're so afraid God will want them to like go run, run a leper colony or something bad. I don't understand why people are afraid to give their life to God. But I was just sitting in a unity church one day and I thought, you know what? I have, that's the one thing I, I just want to do more than anything else. And I just did that one day. And it was what, 15 years ago, something like that. And it's the best thing I ever did. Yeah. Because that's the next stage. You basically say, I've got, I've gotten everything in my life from God. Now it's time to give my life to God. Yeah. And that's the whole next stage. That's it. And so when people are like, I want to do what you're doing, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm being done. It's like the doubt of change. It's God's turn. That's what yeah. that's what it feels like. Yeah. The doubt of change speaks that, you know, the master does nothing yet leaves nothing undone. And so it's just happening. It's life is coming through you at this point. You've just surrendered and, and you get to, you just get to enjoy the ride. It's like, you're not, that's exactly right. It, you, you stop even trying. Yeah. The weight lifts off your shoulders. As Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you got weight on your shoulders, you put it there. It wasn't, it wasn't God didn't do it. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's exactly right. Yeah. So if you're feeling weight, that's your, you made that up. That's God right. Make, you did that. You made it up. You put the weight of the world on your shoulders because you're running around trying to be God. Just relax. Just to let yourself be because you're going to be used anyway. If you're afraid to be used, then you're being used by fear. Oh, true. What beautiful words those were. That's exactly right. Yeah. You just I mean, I wake up every morning wondering what I'm supposed to do next. And I know it'll happen. It'll happen through me. I don't even have to think about it. Exactly. I'm sure you do too, right? That's, that's what happens to you. Exactly right. You know, you it's you were talking about how when you know it's, it's people are afraid to give their life to God. I was terrified when God came and asked for my life. It was January 25th, 2015. God comes and asks for my life, and I'm terrified. I'm like, well, what are you going to do with it? And then God wouldn't, wouldn't give me an answer. And I'm like, well, I can't say yes to something I don't know what I'm saying yes to. So you, you can tell me. But but it was like I I, I was like, oh, you're not going to tell me. So I, what I did is I just sat there and I went through my worst case scenarios. I'm like, okay, what if it's this? What if it's that? What if it's this? And um, what I came up with for me, what what showed up, my worst case scenario was what if God asked me to like give up all my cognitive function to where I'm like I'm I'm like just stuck in a bed like like a, like a vegetable where I can't think, I can't talk. But you wouldn't be useful then. Well, that's that's exactly why I was so afraid of it because then I wouldn't be useful. That means I wouldn't be worthy of love in my mind. That's that because that was the thing. I didn't. I, God wants you to be useful. That's the thing. I mean, God God might be much more useful by taking better care of my health. God is taking better care of my health. Yeah. Everything. So that obviously that's not what God would ask of me. No. 
but I was going to work. I wanted to go to worst case scenarios to see if I could say yes to it. And what I decided was like, well, you know, this body's going to be dead one day anyway. So if <laughs> that right. means God's going to have my life regardless, I know for certain this body's going to die. So why would I wait? And I could not come up with a single logical answer. And, and so I said, all right, I don't know what I'm saying yes to, but I know it's the only logical thing to do. So let's go. I'm all in. And I said, yes. And in that instant, I always say life is an 18 inch journey from the head to the heart, from the mind, through the emotions to the heart. In that instant, boom, I dropped into the kingdom. I went through the journey and I didn't know I didn't know what love was until that moment. I didn't know I didn't know what peace was. I didn't know I didn't know what joy was until that instant. And what had happened, looking back, hindsight being 2020, what I realized, so I, again, previous to this, I was an evangelist atheist. It was my job to convince people God doesn't exist. And now, yeah. And oh. now here, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I, some of the, a lot of people that, that, uh, that I, that I'm really of great assistance and service to and humanity right now are atheists, people that like hate God because I've been down that journey. I've been on that path. I know where they are. I know why they feel and why they feel the way they feel. I say, uh, I understand. You're a very good person to, to evangelize. Yeah. Because you know how they think. Yeah. I, I always say, I understand where atheists are coming from. I don't believe in the God they don't believe in either. Right. And, <laughs> good point. I don't either. Whatever, whatever argument, every, anybody I meet that they're, they're, they're an atheist. So I'm like, well, all right, give me, give me your best shot. And, and I'm like, oh, that's weak. I'm like, cause you, you, here, let me give you a better, let me give you a better argument about why God doesn't exist. Cause I've taken it way further than that. And, and I'll like offer it up. Here, try this one. Here, shoot me, shoot me with this one. They're like, whoa, I never even thought of one that bad. And I'm like, yeah, give it to me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was a way better atheist than you. Y'all are just, y'all are just kind of atheist. Yeah. <laughs> just feeling little atheist. Yeah, you don't know what you're talking atheist. about. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. I was all in guy. Because remember, I was blackout drunk six nights a week. Dude. Oh, I was drunk. I was blackout drunk all the way. And so, um, but, but so what? What happened in that moment when God was asking for my life, and why that was my worst case scenario? Because it was my mind was my God. That's the reason I was an atheist because I couldn't fit God inside of my little meat bag here. And I, this was what I was worshiping. I used to play chess with life. I was like, if I do this, then that'll happen. If I do that, then that'll happen. If I do that, oh, but what if that happens? I need this, I need that. And then that, and I'm like always trying to figure out 500 moves in advance. And you're just, ah. <laughs> and so I finally was able to, that in that moment, I let it all go because I had to say yes, even if I was going to lose, lose my mind. And, and thank God I did. I lost my mind and came to my senses and dropped. You lost it. your mind and came to your senses. I yeah, love come on. <laughs> and so that was my entering into level level five, which level five is called soul oriented, and this is the not my will but thine be done. And so the reason five is so important over like four because you think four, you're just overflowing love in the world. That seems like that's about as good as it could get. Well, I, I said earlier. Uh, you can't see the picture when you're inside of it. So when when you're in level four, you're talking to level pe like people in level one and two, and you're helping them see the handle in the cage because they're stuck in the picture and they can't see it. So you become the reflection, the aspect of them that's starting to wake up. You become that in their life. And so they can start to see what they're looking at from an outside perspective. Well, the same is true for you when, when you're in level four. You're, you know what love is. You've, you've entered into oneness. You, you've, 
you've become you've merged with the 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 formless love you're you're everything for all of eternity there's you're no longer trapped inside an egoic separate self and but then in level four you kind of move back into the body move back into this like looking through these eyes again and so you're starting to like pour in that that love it's just pouring through you into others but here's the problem with is you 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 might like here's a just a metaphor imagine you see somebody standing on the side of a cliff and you're like and it looks like they're falling and you're like oh well let me go over there and help them i'm not trying to get anything for it not looking for a round of applause not looking for any cookies i just know this is the right thing to do is to save this person who's falling so i'm just gonna go do that and you boop and you save the person who's falling you're like all right there you know and then all of a sudden they're like what'd you do i'm like i just i just helped you no you didn't and you're like what what do you mean no and they point down and there's somebody else falling that they were trying to save now from your limited perspective you thought you were helping somebody but you actually wound up hurting somebody else that they were trying to help so that's why level five is so important because it's the not my will but thine be done i I realize that i'm in the picture there's something bigger happening that at play that i can't perceive so i'm not going to even have the arrogance to think that i know what's good what's what the right thing to do in this moment is yeah i I love the way you described that in the book yeah i thought that was beautiful you really step back and let go and let god yeah i thought that was beautiful yeah so those are those the those the five levels that that's the journey um that all of humanity is on again we're moving into level three right now by so we we face it within or without by chance or by choice either way we're going to face it Face what? Your fears, your your lies, your limiting beliefs, your judgments. You gotta face it all. And so humanity is coming face to face with with the consequences of their their own judgments upon themselves. And um you're either gonna let let that egoic identity die, or you know, dust you came to dust you shall return. I don't know what you do, you know, if I die if you die before you wake, I don't know what happens if you die b- before you wake. I I don't I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to find out. Right? I mean, I I went to hell for all of eternity. I did. I experienced, uh, you know, uh, where an attorney, er, attorney, eternity is not uh, like endless time. It's just timelessness. There's there is no time in eternity. So I was in hell for all of eternity. And then I entered back into time. And I'm like, you know, I, I came out of hell, entered back into time. And uh, but now that now heaven is in me eternally. Well, I thought your book was magnificent. I thought that it basically was the teachings of Jesus for the 21st century. And I cannot give it a higher compliment than that. I really can't. I don't think well, Jesus would either. Yeah, I, I mean, it it's it wasn't me that wrote the the book. It was I got out of the way because when, when. Oh, yeah, there's one thing. There's one I know that reply. feeling, actually. Thank you for saying that. That's beautifully put. But I know that feeling. Yeah, there there is one requirement when God said said ask for my life. He he says you can never take credit for anything ever again. If you give me your no, life, that's, you can the, never that's, take that's where I am, kiddo. Yeah. I know just exactly and, how you feel. And he's got he says you got one job from this moment forward, John. You got one job. Just stay out of my way. That's it. Just stay out of my way. I'm like, well, that's easy. Instead of trying to figure everything out, all I yeah, I got yeah. one thing. Just stay out of God's way. And I, and I can notice when if, if John tries to stand up and tries to do something, go, oh, well, sit down, John. God's work. God's at work here. Get out of the way, John. You can just sit back and relax. It's like we get to, I just get to observe and watch the miracles that happen through, like it's happening through this body, but it's not John 
orchestrating it or at the source of it. It's just John just gets to watch God at work and use this body and use this mouth to, you know, bring his bring bring his children home and bring, you know, the kingdom of God here onto earth. And it's just a beautiful experience. It's a, it's really it's a really great thing. It's, but what's great is it makes your life so much simpler, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I get so many books sent to me by, you know, publicists. And I just basically look at something and I say, what do you think? And my guide tells me yes or no. And that's what happened when I got your book. <laughs> and I said, really? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And so that's why you're here. But it does make my life so much simpler. I don't, I don't question anything that he says. And, uh, it, people who read my blog um, always always thank my my guide as well as me. They now thank Jesus too because so many of the the posts that I write are about Jesus, and and they, they should thank him because for heaven's sake, I don't know what I'm writing half the time. No, I think it makes and I tell people that too. I say, why wouldn't you give your life to God? Then then you don't life is a whole lot simpler because just as you said, you don't have to take credit for anything because. Frankly, if I tried to, I would screw up half the time anyway. Whereas now, I, I, if things go wrong, I assume it's because I let my ego get in the way a little bit, and that's not ever a good thing. Or so actually, this was this was a, a difficult one for me to learn because when God says don't take credit for anything ever again, that was easy to stop tra- taking credit for the good things. That was easy peasy. But what I the next lesson I had to learn was stop taking credit for the bad things. Because what I started to realize is sometimes I would think things went wrong. and like, oh, I, well, I must have let my ego get in the way. I must have messed that up. But it turned out it went right. I just couldn't see it because I was looking through a limited perspective. So I was still, I, I right. took it for the wrong thing. And it wasn't even wrong. I actually was used perfectly. So that that one took a little while to get. Sometimes it looks wrong, but it, it's really a short-term thing that looks wrong, but it really in the longer term was supposed yeah, to happen it, that way. It was exactly all part right. of the plan. And there's a phrase that can, it, this one came through uh, my wife, Mel. It says, God's plans always never make sense. And uh, God's plans always never make sense. And the reason being is because faith untested can't be trusted. If you know how to do it, it doesn't take faith. If it doesn't take faith, it's not big enough. So you got to get out of the way and just say yes to things that you don't know how to say yes to. So yes. how would you know if it's right or wrong what you just did? You don't know. Only God does. And so you get out of the way and let the miracles occur. Yeah. Yeah. It's really quite amazing. But the reality is we are here to learn and grow spiritually. And it's very difficult because most of us, most people have no idea why we're here. And so the first thing you and I have to do is help people understand we're here to learn and grow spiritually. And then we have to help people understand that even though Christianity doesn't emphasize that, that's what it's supposed to be teaching. And many people have to get past because Christianity is fear-based. Spiritual growth is love-based. You know, how do we how do we get people where they're supposed to go? And I think your book is to I should keep saying this. But in fact, it's terrific for helping people get that. It's really, really terrific for that. So thank you so much for is there. We're, we're, we're kind of coming to the end of our time soon. Is there anything you especially want people to get about this? Well, let's finish with my brother's. Last yeah, what did your brother? Yeah, no, yeah let's get there. You're, yeah. you're ready for it now. Remember, there's a difference between wanting something and being ready to receive it. We're ready to receive his words now. 
Okay. So, uh, again, so I'm with him and I say, Matthew, it's okay to die. Matthew at 16 years old, he looks over at me and he says, John, I'm not dying. I'm waking up. He's, he said, this world is just a dream. I've been in this dream, stuck in this body. I haven't been able to run, haven't been able to play. And he had these pictures of these dolphins up next to his bed. He just loved the dolphins because they could play, they could jump. And he never got to do that. And he points over the dolphins. He's like, I'm about to be home running and playing just like those dolphins. I'm not dying. I'm waking up. He knew that. He knew. See, he was okay. See, I didn't have to tell him it was okay to die. That was for me. I needed to know because that was for my family. We were the ones that were, had the problem with it. He was okay. He was happy. He was actually good. When he was three years old, he told my mom, he says, I'm, I'm not going to be here for very long. I'm just here for a short time. I have a purpose, and then I'm going to be gone. This is not my home. But he was three? He said that to her? Yeah. So he stayed awake the whole time. His whole His whole time here on Earth. He wasn't suffering. We were. He what was fine. a wonderful lesson. I mean, one of the things I teach, because I teach about the afterlife a lot, one of the things I teach is that people who have a planned a short life, like your brother did, come, they're, they're advanced beings who come specifically to teach this lesson. And what a glorious example he is of that very thing. He was a very advanced being who came to teach all of you that. Yeah. That's a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing that. I will use that story. Yeah, you're welcome. With your permission, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And you have Matthew's permission. He he wants because the first twenty years after he he died, I used his death to be miserable. To I began I became a broke, ignorant, blackout, drunk atheist beach bum, and I said I was doing it because I I love my brother so much. That's what I was convinced myself of. Yeah. But I, but then I started looking at him like, wait a minute. Is that if, if, if he, if I was the one that died and he was down there miserable because I died and he's blackout drunk all the time, is, is that what I would want? No. Oh my goodness. What a beautiful, beautiful story that is. Yeah. So I was like, oh, he wants me to be happy. And there was a song that, that, that we had always, we played it at his funeral, but it was all, always about me and him. I don't know who, if it was mom or where it came from, but it's that song about, did you ever know that you're my hero? You're, you're the wind beneath my wings. Oh, yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful song. And we played it at his funeral, but it was for me because we always thought that, but the whole family thought that I was my brother's hero. I was the one that always taken care of him. I was the wind beneath his wings, but turns out it was the exact opposite. And yes, he's, oh, yes. He's the wind beneath my wings. And so now I'm just spreading out my arms and letting that wind fly. Like I'm just letting the wind blow and, and we're flying together. Me and my brother, he's, see, I learned that that day that I learned unconditional love the, the day that his, that he left his body, that he was no longer trapped in a body in time. I learned that love is not conditioned upon time and space. I didn't lose my brother that day. I only lost what he's not. And that's the same story of Jesus as Jesus was hanging on the cross. Jesus, it wasn't, it wasn't the Christ that died. It was just a body. And he was showing you the way. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you'll see, if you watch, you looking at me, You, if you think that this thing on the cross is, is me, it's because you no, think that No, no, of thing. course not. But look, look, I'm back like three days later. Look, I'm here, everybody. Look, I didn't die. The whole point right. is that. Three days, two and a half days later. Yep, that's right. Exactly. He didn't die right. 
He didn't he did rise from the dead. We know that for certain because yeah. he left us that shroud exactly right. But the point is he didn't die for our sins. He lives for our innocence because he, he lived to prove to us that life is eternal. Exactly. Yeah. And we're not these bodies that are messing up all the time. We're something bigger. He didn't show up for us to see how great he was. He showed up. He said, everything I've done, you will do it greater. I'm telling right. you who exactly. you are. You will do all this and more. He said that. Yeah, you're infinite eternal beings. I'm bringing you home to be, let's do this. Come on, get out of those bodies and be set free. Every single one of you, exactly. And I think your book will help people to know that and to do that. Yeah. My goodness. I mean, if I could could get to your level five, my dear, anybody can do it. All you have to do is give your life to God and mean it. Truly, that's all you have to do. And it makes your life so glorious. I am the happiest person on the face of the earth, but I think you are too. Yeah, we're yeah. We're, once you've made it there, like we're all we're all we're all sitting here equally peaceful and happy, and like no matter the circumstances, no matter it's, but we're all just sitting here and just kind of watching the whole story unfold. But it's not we're in the world and not of it now. And yeah. We just enjoy oh the my goodness, to be able to be this happy while you're still here, <laughs> I just can't imagine. I can't imagine people not wanting this for themselves. Yeah. I just can't imagine it. Oh, my dear. So so we, we're going to have Jonathan back um, very soon, very early next year, which is the first available time I have to have you back, because I want to finish this conversation. We are no way done on talking about all this stuff. I just can't wait. I mean, we have a lot more to talk about. But consider yourself hugged, my dear. This is this is a wonderful, wonderful stuff. This this is this is the best stuff we could possibly talk about, because this brings I mean, Jesus came in time, but Jesus is eternal. Jesus is here talking with us right now and telling us things even past the 21st century, into the 22nd century, and he will be here talking about these things long after you and I have joined him and have and will come up with new ways to talk about things into the 25th century. So we will be helping people who have not even been born to talk about these things. But thank you, thank you for giving us new ways to talk about it. Thank you for, for telling God, okay, God. I mean, I, I I thought about just giving my life to God, and God said, tapped you on your shoulder and said, hey, atheist, uh, come with me. And you finally gave in. And I thank you for doing that because it was the right thing. It's now you know it was the right thing to do. Absolutely. So I'm sorry. Is there anything else you wanted for now to tell people? Just remember that... You matter. Who you are makes a difference, and the world is a much better place because you exist. That's the truth of who you are. If you ever forget that, just just remember that. Because I, I used when I was a broke, ignorant, blackout, drunk, atheist, speech bum. It's because I thought that I didn't matter. That was the whole thing. I, I just didn't think that I mattered. So I did things. It, somebody who believes they don't matter, they do things that don't really matter. And so that's the most important thing to know that you like, this is, I'm not just fluffing you. I'm not just telling you something that you want to hear. This is the truth. Every single person you matter, who you are makes a difference. And your difference is the only thing that can make a difference. Stop being something that you're not just be you and who you are is enough. And the world is a better place because you're here. That's perfectly said. Thank you. I can't approve on that big hug, my dear. Well, I'm sorry to say we have come to the end of our time once again, but we will be, we will, as I say, with his 
permission, we will have Jonathan back, and there's much more in his book we have to talk about. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so happy you were with us today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began, you never will end, and when you get that, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guest will be Michael Peter Longevin. He's the author of Travel Tales from Unknown Realities. And these are some weird tales, but we'll get through them. And some of them are pretty interesting. So please be sure to join us next week. This week, we've been talking with Jonathan England. And his book, as I say, If I Die Before I Wake, The Five-Step Roadmap to Enlightenment, Prosperity, and Your Life's Purpose, does not, the title doesn't do his book justice. His book is what I think Jesus would have written if he had wanted to write a book for the 21st century. So I recommend, since it's free anyway, I recommend that you read this book. And please join us shortly after the first of the year when we will have Jonathan back. And now, of course, it's time once again to mention that Seek Reality Online is your one-stop resource for all things afterlife. Just go to SeekReality.com and start to learn for yourself that your own reality is eternal. Learn the ultimate truth from our dear friend Craig Hogan, who is your worldwide expert on all things afterlife. Teachingsbyjesus.com is your one resource for all the beautiful divine truths that are brought to us in perfect love by the greatest teacher who ever lived and ever will live eternally, Master Jesus. Now it really is his turn. And that's all we have. I'm sorry. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all, in this entire universe and in all of reality, you are infinitely, eternally, and perfectly loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything. Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of DreamVision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to DreamVision7Radio.com. This is DreamVision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.